Before we get into the podcast, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at This Strange World Podcast and on Twitter at This Strange Pod. Welcome back to This Strange World Podcast. This is the second episode of the Cryptid Season. I am Chris. I am Leah. Sorry. And I'm Gavin. Leah, you said you wanted to go in the middle. <laughs> I'm attentive. I'm just hi. Yeah. So welcome back, guys. We just had a great episode. We talked about humanoids in the first episode of this podcast. I don't think we much did. has changed in a week since we last spoke to each other. Yeah, it's definitely been um, a week. Definitely been, yeah. We definitely didn't record this right after the other one. So for this uh, episode of Cryptids, I wanted to, well, first I want to talk about what cryptids are. If you haven't listened to the first episode, please do. But if you really just want to say, screw it, I'm going to listen to the second one because that's, cool. that's who I am. Um, that's fair. Cryptids- that's, we totally accept that. <laughs> we do. We do accept that. But for those who don't know, cryptids, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a cryptid is an animal such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Contrary to popular belief, cryptids don't have to be supernatural, mythical, or even that strange. Though many popular creatures acquire these characteristics as their legends grow. Um, then the ones I'm going to talk about, one of them could very much be a thing. Actually, two of these things could very well be a thing. Um, and one of them is a very clear hoax. I'm going to let you guess which ones those are going to be. But so right now, my cryptids are extraterrestrial. These are cryptids that could have been aliens. That aliens. landed on Earth and have joined the ranks and live amongst us as we walk through our lives. So you guys, I'm going to ask you guys a question before I start. When you think of cryptids, aliens, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Leah? A little bit of space aliens and a little bit of uh, Will Ferrell. Really? Yeah. Will, Will Ferrell. 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 I'd well, love to hear his voice or like an alien kind oh, of Oh, I, I thought you were saying Will Ferrell was an extraterrestrial cryptid. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought that you were saying that's what you think of when you think of aliens. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Which, no. that's a whole nother podcast. No, no, <laughs> no. Is Will Ferrell not of this earth? Very possibly. Gavin, what do you think of when you first think of cryptid aliens? Well, definitely something extraterrestrial, as you said. So, like, something not of this Earth. So, something that comes from space. I'm guessing none of these are necessarily, like, you know, Dear Man from last episode, where it's a very, like, North American, like, centered thing. Like, these are something that probably came to this Earth somehow. If it's even on Earth. I don't know if you're talking about space stuff. Who knows? But something that's, like, again, similar to humanoids, like what we were saying, like, maybe it's something familiar, but also, like different maybe stuff that flies because we love to characterize aliens as stuff that flies visiting earth but Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i feel like alien is one of the more self-explanatory ones of all the topics that we're talking about but yeah definitely i think all centered around something not of this earth okay all right so great both of you both of them got a little gold star none of them None of them are things that you'd think of like little Dilbert demons. Those are, those are, that's what I think of when I think of aliens. Um, well, that's fair. Well, we've already talked about Dilbert demon. So go check out the episodes, Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster, two separate episodes. Go check them out. We're going to plug it every episode. <laughs> for, for the first cryptid I want to talk about, you guys probably have heard of this before. Um, it's a very famous cryptid from the Southern America, Southwest United States, Mexico, Puerto Rico. It's called uh, El Chupacabra. Oh, yes. I think this is probably up there with i mean it's not quite bigfoot and loch ness monster but it's definitely up there 
It's probably one of the. It's probably three. A top three in the most famous. Can I three be ones. honest? What? I don't know. I've never seen a photo of the Chupacabra. I know maybe like real flash fake, but I've never seen a photo. So like what you're about to describe is like the first time I'm ever hearing about. Awesome. It. Mm-hmm. All right. What it physically looks like. So. Well. Uh, El Chupacabra is a very famous cryptid in the Southern America, as I said, this Southwest United States, Mexico, Puerto Rico. This cryptid is infamous for attacking livestock, hence the name Chupacabra, which means goat sucker in Spanish. Given the widespread sightings of this beast all over the Americas, there have actually been two different types of Chupacabras seen. One of them is a reptilian version. This is probably where the alien comes in, but it's a reptilian version, which is called the true Chupacabra. And then there's the canid type or dog type, which are also famously called blue dogs. And there has been more than 2,000 sightings to date, spanning decades, with the first sighting in March of 1995 and the last known sighting in 2013. So wait, there are two types? One is One's a reptile, a reptile. And the other is a dog? One is like a dog canine version. Like it looks kind of similar to a dog. But like it's got fur. Is a dog? Well, we'll get into that. Okay. Well, we'll get into what it actually. I'm sure that they like. There's probably even more than two versions, but then they've just been boiled down to be like, all right, there's some that look more reptilian and some that look more like dogs. I'm right. educated. But, I swear. I just and the reptilian one also looks like a dog too. It looks like a reptile dog. Yeah. All right. So oh, then, no. why don't you tell us about what it looks like, what it does? Yeah. While instead of us guessing. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well. So I'm going to talk about the sightings first. So the first sighting in 1995 was the discovery of eight sheep dead and completely drained of blood. On each of the bodies were three strange puncture wounds. When the farmer called the authorities, all they could say was that the attacks were from a group of foxes because that's what dead livestock were usually from in that time. However, others who came by to see the destruction noticed what they looked similar to cattle killings in southwest United States. One family even saw the beast jump into their child's window rip open a teddy bear and jump out, leaving slime and rancid meat on the windowsill. In 1995 alone, there were 1,000 animal deaths attributed to the chupacabra, all animals dying in the exact same way with puncture wounds and a great loss of blood. Several more eyewitnesses came forward consistently describing the creature as being monkey-like but having no tail. They characterized it as having large oval red eyes that sometimes glowed, gray skin, a long snake-like tongue, fangs, long spinal quills that may double as wings. Those who saw it say Chupacabra stands between four and five feet tall, hops like a kangaroo. One report in Puerto Rico actually said that they saw the Chupacabra jump 20 feet in the air and leaves a foul sulfur-like stench. Some are said to let out a hiss or a screech when alarmed, and their eyes glow red, which gives witnesses nausea. At the site of some deaths, unidentified three-toed tracks were found, which zoologists could think of no animal that adequately fits that strange portrait. Later, sightings across Mexico and the United States described strange, hairless, dog-like creatures sucking the blood of chickens, cattle, goats, and other livestock until the chupacabra became widely known across the world. I feel like I completely understand why this is thought of as alien and also why it's so famous, because this is, like, so distinct from almost I feel like everything else that we've talked about and possibly what we're going to talk about because like even like the deer man from the last episode yeah it's some deer looking creature in the woods but like there's a lot more specifics with this one that make it a lot more unique which Mm -hmm. is also probably why it's more well known and also like the fact that it drains all the blood and like has like I mean the glowing eyes isn't necessarily just them a lot of stuff is glowing eyes 
But yeah, I can understand why this is like a big one on the list of cryptids. I thought it was between like a vampire on a uh, on a diet, but also like it's no diet because it's also eating the meat as well, right? Uh, or no. is it just draining nope. the blood? It's just draining the blood. Oh, then it's, I could, you could just be like, it's a vampire. That's what I thought at first. Kind of, like Morbius. I think interestingly enough about this cryptid is usually the ones that we talk about, they've maybe seen like, they saw like five people at most maybe have seen this or three people at most. 2,000 people saw this thing. That's fair. I think it is a good point, though, that, like, like I said, creatures like the deer man and stuff where it's like, yeah, a few people being like, oh, there's something running versus, like, 2,000 is a lot. Uh, that's a lot of people. It's a that's lot not... of people. And also, for 2,000 people to have seen similar creatures, if it was 2,000 people and each of their, uh, like, reports were all different, That'd be one thing, but the fact that they all there was like enough similarities between all of their reports. Mm-hmm. And then what uh, makes it a part of like in the book of animals? If two thousand people have seen it or plus, like how is this not written down? Well, because it's um, never been proven to exist like by like right. scientists and stuff. No one ever no one ever caught one and did like tests. Uh, evidence on it, tests on it, which actually they did actually catch a chupacabra and they did tests on it. In 2010, animal control in Hood County, Texas, actually shot and killed an alleged chupacabra. And they brought the body to Texas A&M, where university scientists conducted tests on the chupacabra and discovered it to be a coyote dog hybrid that was infected with mange and internal parasites. Um, this has led to the belief that many of these chupacabra sightings were actually just coyotes infected with mange. Uh, this, however, does not solve the reptilian sightings. Yeah. So about half of them, I would say, or maybe like, I don't know, 60% of them were probably coyotes that were all just really infected with a mange. Uh, but the reptilian ones, though, what, ha- what, what about that? Yeah, that is, that is interesting. What aspects of it were you saying was reptilian? So the ones that I saw that were reptilian were the ones that they said that they had spines on their back and they were, oh, yeah. and they had red eyes. Um, so yeah. my thing is, it was probably dark when they saw the spines, so there probably weren't any spines, but it also probably could have just been a hairless version of the dogs. Yeah, like some sort of a hairless coyote. Mange, is, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a bug that gets under your skin. And like yes, but it would be hard if it was a hairless dog because what mange is is it gets in the skin, it gets in the fur, yeah, as well is what can also distort like the dog's look. So that's yeah. kind of where like that oh, I see dog aspect. Well, like, they yeah. might not be. They might not be infected with mange. Well, the manges, yeah, might have just been the ones that were like the more dog-like ones. But even like yeah. how they said that like the footprints, they couldn't find anything that like matched up oh, with yeah. it. That's weird. That's weird. Little strange. A little strange. A little strange, a little spooky. It's a strange world. I, I think the chupacabra is real. I think it's real. It's I really real. This is what I'm saying. Like, one of them is very believable. The other one, you gotta have to put a little trust in, in science and you gotta put a little trust in mythical stuff too. And the other one is just, yeah, you'll see. Um, I believe they're all real. And if we all believe hard enough, then Tink- do you think Tinkerbell is a cryptid? Fairies? Maybe. We'll we'll get into we'll get that. Th- we'll get there in other we'll episodes. No, we'll, we'll get, get into that in this episode, Gavin. All right, so 
let's keep so, going. Let's keep going. So the next cryptid, this is a little bit more close to home to me and Yulia. This is the Fresno Nightcrawler. Um, this is actually one of the most recent cryptids I've ever researched. All the other ones were from the 80s or the 90s, sometimes even going back to the 1700s. This one, the Fresno Nightcrawler, was first sighted in Fresno, California in early November 2010. There have been also multiple sightings in Carmel, Ohio, Yosemite National Park, and one in Poland. Um, so this is this was spotted just 12 years ago. First spotted 12 years ago. Mm. The first sighting of this creature was by a man named Jose who lived in Fresno, California. He was awoken one night by his dogs barking, where Jose checked his security cameras and saw the Fresno Nightcrawler on his property. He woke up his brother who ran outside to check, and he said that he saw small footprints. But by the time investigators arrived, the footprints had already washed away. The original CCTV footage was also very coincidentally erased. And all that remains of the encounter is a grainy recording of the monitor that played the original CCTV footage. Well, well, well. <laughs> what a coincidence. It always happens. So the footprints are gone and all you have is my camera. Yeah, well, well, well. I do feel like the Fresno Nightcrawler is another one of like the bigger ones. I feel like I've heard of it, but that also might be because, like you said, it was it's a more recent one. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why I've heard of it. But yeah, I'm excited yeah. to hear about it. All sightings of these creatures all tell the exact same tale. They appear to be relatively short creatures, about 1.5 meters. So think about three to five feet is what I would yeah. say this thing is. Um, so the creature's about three to five feet, with most of their height being made up of their legs, as they possess an extremely small upper body. It's hard to find details of the upper body in the cryptid due to the poor quality of the footage, but it's extremely thin, white humanoid, humanoid, humanoid. <laughs> with no yeah. discernible arms, so it has no arms. A larger specimen appears to have webbing connected to each knee of the torso. The cryptids appear to have very short, thin, and stilt-like feet. Again, it is hard to judge the exact characteristics of the cryptids in the footage due to the poor quality of the video. The Carmel Area Creature, which I'm going to talk about right now, but the Carmel Area Creature is tall and gray with presumably no arms and, and tall, muscular legs. It is bipedal and walks in an odd manner with its backward bending knees. It also resembles closely to the Fresno Nightcrawler. Some have been lucky enough to catch a glimpse of the creature. One witness in Carmel uh, said, We recently bought a place in Fort Hill area. We first noticed after about 30 days of living here that we suddenly have a perfect circle that stays fresh green no matter what the weather is in our front yard. On Friday night, the 12th, we were driving home, and after turning on Carmel Road, which leads to our road, we went around the curve by the Carmel Church and then up a small incline and approximately 10 feet over the incline in front of our truck, the alien ran across the road and into the woods. The only record we have of the Fresno Nightcrawler is in the video footage of what I talked to you before, um, and it's, of course, all grainy, shaky cam footage from a cell phone. Okay, well, cell phone footage back then was pretty, like, bad. Yeah. But so every UFO footage ever is all small, camera, grainy... That's true. <laughs> well, listen, we, we love a short king, especially one that is running around Ohio, because what else is there to do in Ohio? I don't know. But it's kind of... it. I was kind of chuckling, because it almost sounds comical, because it's like running around with just legs. So <laughs> yeah. just like something with long legs. 
I mean, like, it's probably scary if it's running towards you. But the thought of it just kind of like waving around, like, with no, like, just a short little body with like long legs makes me laugh. But I'm sure if I saw it running towards me, I'd be terrified. But also, you could just like, you could, if you have a long enough arm, you could probably just like hold it and then it can't kick you. Cause like, you, you know? I think your legs are long enough to do that, Gavin, but I don't know. Well, yeah, well, you could just kick it and T-Rex. what is it? It's going to struggle to get back up. It's got no hands. Gavin has T Rex. You're saying legs. Gavin resembles a T Rex? The leg, the, not the legs, I'm sorry. The arms? <laughs> no, the tail. How long the T Rex is. You think I have a tail? Huh, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, what are some uh, theories to the Fresno Nightcrawler? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so some theories to the Fresno Nightcrawler is one of them is it's actually an alien or extraterrestrial being. The other one is a new species, probably possibly a primate with short arms, a misidentified deer standing upright, pants or a puppet on a wire, a bird walking like a crane, or a person wearing big pants and walking on stilts. There was actually a YouTuber that tried to debunk this Nightcrawler. And he did a video of him holding a watermelon and he was walking in an alleyway and he edited out the top part of himself and made it look grainy. And it looks very similar to the Fresno Nightcrawler. Okay. But that's also 2010. So like, it's not like the effects were, it's not like, like uh, consumer level video editing softwares were as readily available. But uh, mm-hmm. I like, I think some of my favorites Pants or a puppet on a wire? Hilarious. Comical. A person wearing big pants and walking on stilts? Love it. Possibly Love my it. favorite. I think it's pants. I, I saw the video. I saw the original security camera footage. Pants. I think it's pants. I think it's someone walking in pants. I think it's highly edited. I think it's very fake. I think it's edited, but I don't know what it is. It could be pants. Or it could... Have you ever seen the meme where it was like somebody froze like pants because it was so cold outside and then it was able to just stand up or something yes yeah. maybe it was, i've done that before actually with my yeah. jeans yeah maybe it was just that <laughs> well it walks it does walk it does move um well the wind so we were just talking about the the chupacabra was very very believable this <laughs> next one the 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 fresno nightcrawler i don't believe it at all um, this next one, in a weird way, I actually kind of believe it the most. More than Chupacabra. Yeah. So the next one I'm going to talk about are called Wanderlights. Um, and the last script I'm going to talk about today are these things called Wanderlights. That was in my script. These lights are ghostly lights appearing seemingly out of nowhere and disappear when someone gets close, oftentimes leading travelers from the safe path. This cryptid is less like a creature that I've been talking about before. It's more so like a folklore thing. Like it's an mm-hmm. object, it's folklore that's been seen and told for generations from around the world. And I'm going to get into some of these tales. So it's lesser about this, this next thing I'm going to talk about. It's more of like a folklore thing. Like a phenomenon as opposed to an actual thing. Then it is then like in 1987, this guy saw this light appear. Like these are like, I'm going to talk about what these lights mean because people have been seeing them forever. Okay. Um, in the United States, these are called ghost lights or spook lights uh, or orbs by paranormal enthusiasts. So when you see orbs, that's wander lights. One of the things that uh, we actually do on Halloween, very a lot, all the time we make these, they are reminiscent of these wander lights, the, the tail of the wander lights, and we call those jack-o'-lanterns. Hmm. Um, so the names Will-o'-the-Wisp and Jack-o'-lantern are explained in 
etymological folktales recorded in many, many variant forms in Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, Appalachia, Newfoundland. In these tales, protagonists named either Will or Jack are doomed to haunt the marshes with a light or some misdeed. One version from Shropshire, recounted by K.M. Briggs in her book, A Dictionary of Fairies, refers to <laughs> Will the Smith. <laughs> Will the Smith. Will is a wicked smith who is given a second chance by St. Peter at the gates of heaven, but leads such a bad life that he ends up being doomed to wander the earth. The devil provides him with a single burning coal which to which warm himself, which he then uses to lure foolish travelers into the marshes. An Irish version of the story is a man named Jack who, tripped the, who tricked the devil into paying his pub tab in exchange for his soul. When the devil came to collect, Jack climbed up a tree and carved a cross on the bottom of the tree, meaning the devil climbed up, but he couldn't come back down. The devil then forgave the debt in order to come back down, but cursed Jack from ever entering heaven. When Jack eventually died, he went to hell, but was refused entry by the devil as revenge. But the devil gave him an ember, a single ember from the fires of hell to help light his way in the afterlife. The light is from Jack's lantern. That's Ooh. one from Ireland. That's yeah. kind of dope. That was hard and deep. Yeah. So that's where we get jack-o'-lanterns from. I think we, we'll have to do probably in another season, maybe next season. Maybe I'll do this. I like folk tales and stuff like this. So cool. I, oh, and also yeah. like that it all comes around to being that it's Jack's lantern. Whoa. Full circle moment. That's why they call it Jack-o'-lantern. Um, but very Irish to try and trick the devil into paying your pub tab. I like that. <laughs> very Irish. <laughs> anyway. Very Irish. Um, in Europe, these lights are said to be evil, mischievous spirits trying to sway travelers to their dooms. Um, and even more locally in the United States, North America, they are much more attributed to high traveled areas such as old railroad systems and roads. The lights are said to be those who died along the way or workers who died building the railroads. They're also said to be the ghosts of unbaptized or stillborn children who are tethering on the edge of heaven and hell. These lights are also seen in Bridgewater, Massachusetts and the Bridgewater Triangle. Is this all, are, they're all heavily like around religion, right? Well, I think, this is just my opinion. I think that these lights exist and I think that there are probably some natural phenomenon as to why they exist, but because these people are very old and it was a long time ago they probably didn't know the science that we know today and so they probably think it has to be religion. religious yeah. or it has to yeah. be some supernatural thing that's fair in asia these lights are more described as some unknown marsh gas apparitions many believe them to be the ghosts of dead fishermen either trying to bring those alive closer to closer to danger or lead them away from danger sometimes in the bonnie grasslands and the marshy region of india and pakistan there appears to be a dancing light phenomenon flying over the marshy lands. They have reported this phenomenon since since time was recorded, and they call it the Cherbati, meaning ghost light. Um, so I think this is probably the more, like I've noticed in all of these things, they really follow marshlands. And so what a lot of times what I'm thinking this is, is that, and a lot of scientists are also trying to puzzle what these things are too, is um, a lot of times people think that they're, uh, it's gas, that like builds up in the marsh and then it like kind of explodes up and it becomes like a light like flying up in the air. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to say that it was like a firefly or something. Because I could also see it being a little puff of gas like what you're saying that somehow like implodes and like mm -hmm. it's just a little poof of something. 
um, or some sort of fireflies or other bugs like that. But I mean, it could also be different in different places. But I like the idea of how right. every single place it kind of means different things. And yeah, like what Leah was saying, how some of them are more religion and like afterlife based, and then some of them are, and that it's different in every country. I think that's interesting. Right. Are there any other places where this was spotted? Yeah, I have one from Australia. So in Australia, these indigenous Australians have said that the number of sightings of these lights have gone up since the Europeans came to Australia. And the myth is that these lights will follow travelers for long distances only to disappear when approached or fired upon, only to reappear later. Um, yeah. So I, I was going to say, I think the Europeans coming into Australia, maybe bringing up a settlement, probably stirred up the gases in the, in the swamps that caused more of them to start showing up. I, I don't know light these little light orb things. Now these could be completely fake and it could just be people being, you know, really imaginative and seeing stuff at night. You know, we see yeah. things at night all the time. Could have been a shooting star flying up. Maybe. I mean, you know, what a shooting star, shooting star flying up. What out of the ground? No, I'm saying maybe it's just shooting it's like a reflection. Like, you, know you see how you see the horizon and then you sometimes see things going up yeah. instead of, so maybe sometimes people saw them going up. Or maybe maybe it's like someone had a lantern and they disappeared and they couldn't find them and they're like, oh, that must have been this thing. Like, it, there's so many explanations to what this could yeah. be. I just know that science has tried to figure out what these are, and there are videos on YouTube of like, there's actually places you can go to to see these things happen. Like, there is a place you can go and you can actually see them happen in front of you. So it's like these things do exist. It's just what are they? You know? Yeah. It's probably just some sort of scientific phenomenon that people have attached meanings to so that it's like, oh, communicating with someone from the afterlife or whatever. People have like built their hounds on like burial grounds, native indigenous burial grounds, and uh, stuff has like kind of hit the ceiling around in their property, in their houses, so... Not saying that, like, I 100% believe in the paranormal, but that also could kind of be with the... Oh, I totally believe in ghosts. For sure. I didn't want to sound like a freak if I said that, but I... No, yeah. There's, like, there's got to be some unexplainable shit going on in this world. And aliens, uh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I want to see these orbs. I would love to go to, like, they they just said uh, one a couple months ago, they just spotted one in Alaska. Um, so I would love to go to these marshes and see the orbs fly up. I wonder what the science is behind these things. Yeah, can be uh, can be crazy. And uh, but I I get what you were saying, Chris, about how this seems more real because it some version of it probably is real, like what you were saying. Of there's, I'm sure that there's some sort of science that can explain it and whether we've figured out what that science is or not that's fine by me i think lights are cool plus there's some pretty cool drawings of like these like wanderlight creatures as like cute little wisp things right. so like i dig it i dig it little will of the wisps yeah, it's like uh, the things from like brave weren't there like those little wisp things in brave the pixar movie i or saw brave it? once i don't know um, I know the. I remember the one from like Pocahontas. I remember the little three the, the bears. I remember from Brave the bears, the little kid bears. Yeah. Was yeah. there something in Pocahontas that was? 
kind worms. of had that little whiskey or kind of, I don't know. It's, I have to. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure, yeah. And I'm sure that it's like, there's a, even, I mean, you brought in examples of like specific places, but I'm sure there's plenty of examples in like pop culture and stuff of similar wanderlight orbs, light type of things. Oh yeah. Um, but I can also understand how it's like alien. Maybe I understand why it's in the category. Maybe they're aliens. I don't that think we cool. actually figured out what they are yet. I just exactly. know that, I just think that we know that they exist. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand why they fit into the category. I I think all the it was a very diverse aliens category. Very cool. It's supernatural. That one I kind of find like supernatural. You like that being supernatural? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think well, the Ghost Adventures orbs are different than these orbs. Okay, we're gonna have a big, a big debate later after this, but. For uh, for uh, all of us here, final thoughts or no? So, Leo, final thoughts. Do you have anything about this one? I like the Orbeez. You like the Orbeez? Mm-hmm. Orbeez. Yeah, just don't do the TikTok trend and uh, you're good. But I like the Orbeez. <laughs> I joke all the time with these two boys. If you have TikTok, you're like, you're a kid. So. I live on, listen, people who think that they're above TikTok, it's a, like, get over yourself. It's mm-hmm. get, get with the times. That's a very serious, we'll sidebar. Above to, yeah, this will be a big debate. We'll later. sidebar, we'll sidebar. Um, Chris, do you have any questions for me? Uh, yeah, do, what final thoughts? Do, do you have any final thoughts on what I, I do have you? some final thoughts and I have a favorite. I, I'm really into the Fresno Nightcrawler just because I can't stop thinking about like, an off balance, like, like, ball, like, a pair of pants, like, watermelon <laughs> on a pair of pants, just running around and like ho- trying to hop over and like tripping over stuff and then like continuing to like go. I, that it's just, it sounds hilarious, but I'm sure it's probably terrifying. But I like the Fresno Nightcrawler and all of these aliens, dope, for sure exist. There's no way they were, they're not aliens. What about yours? Um, I really like the Chupacabra because it's one of the most famous cryptids. And it really kind of, I, I believe that some of these cryptids that we say are actual things that we just haven't seen yet in the wild. I really, really hope that is not the case. And for my episode, oh. you will really understand. I'm going to have Gavin as well because, you know, well, I'm well, get into it. But you'll yeah, have to listen next week. <laughs> Say no. Really yeah. Fast. Yeah. Well, I think the next week. I think. Um, I promise you. I, I know you, Chris. I think the chupacabra. Sorry. I think the chupacabra absolutely could be something that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah. Wait we'll get there. there. Until next episode. Um. Well, so that was the aliens episode for cryptids episode two of season. What is it? Season four. Season four. Season yeah. four. Um. I'm Ooh. as always. I am Chris, the best host on this show. Uh, I'm Chris. Oh, I'm the best itch on this show. I'm Leah. Uh, and I'm here. I'm Gavin. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Stay strange. Bye. And now it's time for the sources. Chris, I'm not yet convinced that you're not an alien, but you weren't on the list today. So I guess we'll let it slide. But the things on the list, where'd you learn about them? Where are your sources from? You know, I'm really happy that you asked that, Gavin, because I got 
all of my sources from pretty much the same place. Uh, cryptids.fandom.com. It's a wiki page, uh, Cryptids Wikis. So I got the Chupacabra from that one, the Fresno Nightcrawler, and the Wanderlights. I also got the video of the guy talking about the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Uh, that was Captain Disillu Disillusion. And uh, Gavin, I just realized this, that video was made 10 years ago. So your whole spiel about how he couldn't have edited that uh, is wrong because that was 10 years ago. Wow, well, we'll definitely put that video in the sources to check out. I'm definitely gonna watch that. This is the epilogue. Uh, another another hit out of the park. Sleep tight, drive safe, you know, definitely uh, carry yeah. that loose on you because you never know what you're going to run into. Exactly. Speaking of never knowing what you're going to run into, Leah, you want to tease your episode a little bit? I really don't know what to say. I'm just going to like be like Icky. That's all I'm going to say is Icky. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too Icky, but we'll get there when we get there. We'll get Chris's real reaction and we'll see what he thinks. Well, we're all in it together, so we'll we'll be right there with you. Bye. Bye. This podcast was produced by Gavin Berger, Leah Ettinger, and Chris Ash. Our theme song is by DJ Kai Song, and our logo is designed by Michael Zilvetti. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and check out more episodes of This Strange World available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at This Strange World Podcast and on Twitter at This Strange Pod. If you have any other ideas for future episodes, let us know. You can DM us on our social medias or email hello at thisstrangeworldpodcast.com.